This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at afsp.org slash talkawaythedark. This is Reset. I'm Susie on in for Sasha Ann Simons. COVID-19 cases are on the rise again in all 50 states. It's because the Delta variant, which is much more contagious than the original, is attacking that large chunk of the American population that remains unvaccinated. Meanwhile, Chicago is preparing to welcome hundreds of thousands of people downtown for Lollapalooza starting Thursday. How could that be safe? Here's Dr. Allison Arwady, the city's public health commissioner. We want people to have a good time and we want this to be as safe um, as it can be. And so um, certainly we'll be watching that just as we do any other gathering. Um, But I am more concerned about the many, many people who have not chosen to get vaccine, especially if they're older. So what else do we need to know as the Delta variant spreads in Illinois and beyond? Well, we're delighted to welcome Dr. Mia Teramina back to the program. She's an infectious disease specialist with the DuPage Medical Group who's been here on Reset throughout the pandemic. Dr. Teramina, welcome back. Hey, Susie. Great to be back. Well, Dr. Teramina, what can you tell us about the uptick in cases in Illinois? Uh, How does Illinois compare with other states around the country right now? Well, we're certainly not seeing uh, the uptick in cases that's being driven by some states like Florida and Missouri, um, but we are definitely seeing a, a exponential increase that we can only anticipate is going to further rise before it comes down again. And this is sort of the direct aftermath of 4th of July and coupled with the circulating Delta variant becoming dominant. Mm. Well, last week, the head of the World Health Organization said we're now in the early stages of another wave of COVID-19. Do you agree with that? We absolutely are. The The difficult part is, is I, I don't know that we're necessarily in the early stages. Mm. We're, we're in a surge, but we don't know at what point in that surge we're at. We may be a little further along than we had anticipated, and we can only hope this will peak and come down soon. But other models show us not peaking with this current surge potentially until October before we head back down. And it's sort of all over the map as to how severe this will get before it takes a turn in the right direction again. Well, what can we do to get control of the virus in Illinois? You know, by far and away, the greatest mitigation strategy we have is vaccine. So we're doing fairly well in Illinois. Let's make no mistake here. Over half of Illinois population is fully vaccinated, and I believe over 70% has had at least one dose. But there are counties, especially farther south in Illinois, uh, where vaccination rates are well under 40%, and that's just not going to be 
sufficient in order to achieve the majority of individuals in a given area being fully vaccinated to try and thwart this Delta variant, which is so contagious and much more easily transmissible. And we're seeing these cases and we're seeing breakthrough cases as well. Yeah. Well, I want to turn to the phones. We have Sally and Wilmette. Sally, what's on your mind? Hi, Dr. Teramina. I'm fully vaccinated. In preparation for an upcoming surgery, I need to take a COVID test. And if it's positive, the surgery will be put off regardless of how little I have symptoms. Uh, So that's undesirable for me. My question to you is, what is my relative risk of attending activities or events with other fully vaccinated people indoors at this point, given the variant? Mm, Dr. Taramina. So that is a complex question, Sally, because if those folks that are fully vaccinated that you are in company with indoors are also individuals that are kind of being mindful about what they're doing outside of that event. They're not people that are typically in large crowds or going to big events or hanging around with lots of unvaccinated people. We should be in decent shape uh, if you know these people well and you know sort of what they're doing in their day to day. But make no mistake, we are reaching a point where, you know, being in in groups indoors is we're going to be revisiting wearing masks even if we are fully vaccinated especially if you have other health issues that make you more vulnerable wow well well dr teramina we we've heard um, a lot about the delta variant what can you tell us is is it uh, deadlier than other strains of the virus You know, we don't necessarily know that it's deadlier. We know that it just plain shows itself sooner and it has a much higher viral load, which is making it more easily transmissible from one individual to the next. So, you know, there are models that say that it's at least twice as contagious and potentially as much as a thousand times higher viral load, which means, you know, those masks that you're wearing to protect others from droplet spread, you know, really, we have to have a good fitting mask and still maintain social distancing because an unvaccinated individual infected with Delta is likely going to be able to have a lot more infectious particles that they're able to spread. And if we have a cluster of individuals who are all unvaccinated or poorly uh, immune suppressed, they may be at high risk of of getting this virus. Wow. Uh, We have another caller, Sheila in Edgewater. Sheila, you're on reset. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Termino. My question is, I am 74 and have been double vaccinated, but I'm going, I've been invited to a memorial service in early August. Uh, which will be inside and attended by lots of people I don't know. So, um, you know, I'm just wondering, is a mask going to be enough? That's a great question as well. You know, we talk about layered mitigation strategies. So our our layered mitigation strategies are going to include masking, social distancing, proper ventilation, good hand washing, and things like that. To the extent that there are factors we can control, like wearing a mask and and keeping a, a mindful social distance from other individuals, we should be okay. If you can be in a situation, if there's going to be food or drink served, that you are mostly in the company of others that you know are vaccinated, you're going to be at less risk. Um, And again, for the most part, this this 
current surge is being driven by unvaccinated individuals. But again, if we have a significant number of unvaccinated individuals, uh, any of whom are carriers of this Delta variant, it's likely to spread more quickly among other unvaccinated individuals. And when enough of this virus is in circulation, yes, fully vaccinated people are going to show some breakthrough infections. Well, Dr. Teramina, speaking of meeting indoors, a listener emailed us this question. Is there a safe way to have a meal in a restaurant indoors, or if you live with unvaccinated kids, is it best to avoid it? So at this time of the year, when we still have nice weather, uh, outside is always going to be preferred to inside. Um, To the extent that you don't have a restaurant that is overcrowded, perhaps uh, looking at restaurants that are uh, not peak meal times or not peak days of the week where they're likely to be at max capacity. You know, if booths or tables are reasonably distanced, you and your family members are are sort of in a little isolation bubble. So being unmasked at that time uh, during eating and drinking is generally okay. Um, We do have to worry about these kids. I know we have had conversations for a long time about how kids are less affected by this virus, but with Delta circulating, we are going to see more kids getting symptoms and getting sick, Mm -hmm. and the potential for those kids to be able to spread that virus is still a gray area, and we need to, you know, try and protect our children as best we can. Dr. CBS Chicago reported that the lesser talked about gamma variant has four times more cases in Illinois, uh, more than 2,600 as of last week. Should we be alarmed by that? So the gamma variant is uh, formerly known as the Brazil variant, um, the P1 variant, and it is uh, something that is more circulating in our area, but Delta is poised to take over in the next week or two as the dominant circulating strain. We know that there are X number of viruses testing positive for these variants, yet we're only really testing a, a small sample size. So we have to extrapolate as to how many are Delta and how many are Gamma. Gamma certainly is well protected by the vaccines that we have available. So if you're fully vaccinated, you should have very good protection against gamma. One of the initial concerns uh, from gamma is that we weren't getting um, as much protection from our available therapeutics. So our monoclonal antibody therapies had to shift in order to match the circulating variants. So I think all of these variants are a concern and they are all showing that potential to eventually overcome and evade the immunity that we have from these vaccines. The only solution to that is to vaccinate at a pace faster than this virus is able to continue to mutate. We've got another caller, Greg in Hammond, Indiana. Greg, you're on reset. Uh, Thank you. Doctor, I just heard on this station that there was a study in Israel that uh, is showing that the immunity for fully vaccinated people over 65 starts to wane after six months. I'm approaching six months. I would like to know how I can get a booster. Doctor. That's a great question. Just last week, Greg, the ACIP met and talked about this exact topic as to when and if we will need boosters. And the Israeli studies, uh, they have been sort of uh, something that we give a nod to as they are uh, evolving a little bit quicker than some of the stuff that we see here. So we are definitely keeping our eyes on that information. 
At present, there are no recommendations for booster doses. Uh, we are well aware of the fact that people are going outside of recommendations and not being forthcoming about their vaccine status in order to get additional doses. We just don't have that information yet and that documentation yet. It should be coming soon. Pfizer is applying for the ability to give booster doses at some point next month, uh, and then we will see if that guidance changes. But at present, none of the three available vaccines in this country, uh, there's no indication for boosting as of yet. Thank you for that. Well, um, Doctor, earlier we mentioned that Lollapalooza, one of the largest music festivals in the world, is kicking off this Thursday. That means Hundreds of thousands of people will gather downtown, uh, some coming from out of state. Are you concerned at all about this type of gathering? You know, there's a very large number of people that are going to be attending, and you do have to show vaccine status or a negative COVID test within 72 hours of attending an event like this. Hopefully, those two screens plus mitigation involving a strong consideration for mask wearing, yes, even though it's hot and even though it's outside, and social distancing when able would be ideal. There absolutely will be cases that come from Lollapalooza. Just statistically, that number of people in that close contact with one another. Fortunately, it's generally younger folks that should do well with cases of COVID, but I would prefer to not see cases of COVID at all. So uh, if you are unvaccinated at this point in time, uh, I would strongly consider wearing a mask during any Lollapalooza event. At what point do you think the city or or state should consider rolling back these types of large-scale events? It's a tough question. You know, those of us that are are trying to stay as as focused, our our opinions are not necessarily the popular ones. You know, no one wants to hear that we may have to roll back. No one wants to hear an opinion that our kids are going to have to be masked this fall in order to help mitigate what's going on with this current surge. It's simply the facts of where we're at. Um, I look toward those rolling positivity rates once we start getting five, six, seven, eight percent. We really get to that pump the brakes kind of moment as to seeing, you know, if we need to consider rolling back on certain mitigation strategies. Same thing, once we get above 50 or 60 cases per 100,000 residents, we really have to look at how this is penetrating our communities and what the next best steps are going to be to try and slow this down. I've got another call, Sarah in Chicago. Sarah, you're on Reset. Thank you. Um, So I'm wondering what kind of research we have in regards to fully vaccinated adults carrying the the virus home to to our kids. Doctor. So while that is possible, it's not super likely. Um, It's it's certainly possible. And we, I personally have not seen a case of a fully vaccinated individual who does come down with COVID then spreading it to another individual. Fully vaccinated individuals are thought to not have as much of a viral load, and the vast majority uh, have mild illness only, so they're not usually contagious for a significant period of time. The hard part is is that Delta throws a wrench in the works. We just don't know how much Mm -hmm. contagious virus, if someone who's fully vaccinated comes down with COVID, is able to produce and then shed. So there are a lot of unknowns here. And, you know, I am fully vaccinated and my daughter is not eligible. So there is that mindfulness, again, to, you know, be in in each other's presence. If we go to an indoor event, I model good behavior by continuing to wear a mask and, you know, socially distance when we are able to do so to try and prevent unnecessary spread. 
We have time for one last call. We've got Karen in River North. Karen, you're on Reset. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I am curious about drugs that have been used both prophylactically and to help people that come down with COVID, Mm -hmm. such as ivermectin. Um, What do you know about that? Yeah, doctor? So studies involving ivermectin continue to evolve, and and there is some data uh, that shows some trends towards potential benefit, and then there's significant data that shows no benefit at all or even potential harm. At this point, ivermectin is not recommended as standard of practice in treatment or in prophylaxis and should not be used. Um, There are no uh, infection specialists that I'm aware of that are routinely using uh, ivermectin as part of this. There are multiple, multiple dozens of drugs that have been looked at as potential treatments and adjunct therapies for COVID, and we continue to look at all available drugs to see which ones have the most benefit without a significant downside. That's Dr. Mia Taramina, infectious disease specialist with the DuPage Medical Group. Dr. Taramina, thanks so much. Thank you. And that's today's Reset. For the best up-to-date information on the pandemic and best practices to keep you and your family safe, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. And keep an ear on 91.5 FM and WBEZ.org. I'm Susie Ann. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you back here on Wednesday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.